When someone falls to sexual sin, it usually isn't an overnight in the moment issue. It's a step-by-step compromise. There's an anatomy to it. And in 2 Samuel 11, we're going to see the step-by-step fall of David, what we can learn from it, and how we can avoid it. It's today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. If you have an encounter of intimacy with an individual, there is no such thing as a casual hookup. That is a lie. Every intimate interaction you have with an individual leaves an imprint on your soul. Can I get a witness? Look, we have all in this room, probably a good portion of us have made our mistakes and not done things God's way. But don't you believe that lie that you can just do whatever you want sexually and there's not gonna be an imprint on your soul. That is a big, fat lie. It's a lie. And it's a lie right from the pit. And there are many walking around in our world today that are broken empty. They have guilty consciences. They're trying to deal with the fallout of decisions in this area or even things done to them. And it's just a downright shame. And David sent and he inquired, verse three, about the woman. And one said, so David's obviously got other people who know what's going on. One said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? Well, David sent he inquired about the woman and, and somebody responded and said, oh, I know who she is. She's, that's Bathsheba. She's the daughter of Eliam. She's the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Uriah the Hittite, by the way, is one of David's mighty men. At this current moment, he's on the battlefield fighting for David and David's kingdom. Now at this point, you want to yell through the corridor of time at your Bible and say, David! Take the way of escape. But let me just apply it to us. We've got to yell that to us. If you're contemplating the dangled carrot before you, you know, maybe I'll get a little bit more information about that. Can I just scream it to you? Take the way of escape. Don't do it. Don't go there. And there are people who sit in churches every week and they're contemplating cheating on their spouse. Let's just be real. It's the facts. And we could have all of our reasons. Well, you know, I'm not getting what I want out of the relationship or this person gives me compliments at work or whatever it may be. Can I just say to you, don't do it. Don't go there. Because what usually ends up happening with sin is you get tunnel vision on the carrot. Oh, wow, that carrot looks, it looks delectable. (laughs) This is what happens to me. People plant things up at this pulpit. (laughs) Now, I I try to figure out, and and I'm, I'm sure it's done out of just pure generosity. Anyway, that's just, We'll just put that away. 
I've been donating many. You guys are so kind to your pastor. You know, I said something from the pulpit and Snickers bars began to multiply. So I've been giving them away. But just so you guys know, my big screen has broken. You guys. Actually, it's been stolen. It's right there. Oh, okay. Anyway. Now take a look. Verse 3 says, She's the wife of Uriah. She's married. Oh, that, that's not a problem for many people in our modern society. Oh, you're, you're married? So what? There's websites that will tell you how to sneak around if someone's married. You can go to those websites. Big deal if you're married, right? I was talking to a young man who was giving counsel to a friend of his. I won't name any names, but he was basically saying to his friend who's having some issues at home, and there's another person who is involved, and that person is already in their own covenant, and there's kids on both sides, and here was what my young friend said to his friend. Do you want to be that guy? Do you want to be the guy who ends up divorced, breaks up another home, all for your, whatever your reasons may be? Do you want to be that guy? Do you know in chapter 12, when Nathan the prophet is summoned by God to come to David and, and to tell him a story where he confronts David, he says to David, you are that guy. You got so upset at my story, and you'll see the story in, in 2 Samuel 12, you are that guy. Do you want to be that guy? You know, maybe the next time we're considering doing something dumb, we should ask ourselves, do you want to be that guy? Is that who you want to be? Oh, I know seasons of life are hard. We get frustrated. Maybe we feel hurt in our marriage relationship. I'll just tell you, you better strongly consider the moves that you make because you never sin in a vacuum. She's married. Do you know that Bathsheba in the... Uh, one interpretation of her, of her name means daughter of the covenant. Is that ironic or what? Her name means daughter of the covenant. David was so concerned about the Ark of the Covenant, making sure that it had, you know, it was in the proper place. Here's a daughter of the covenant. What is David doing? You don't need more information about sin. You don't need to toy with sin. The Bible says, be innocent in that which is evil. Romans 16, 19. And so he gets word about her. He finds out she's married. But it's not only that. Uriah the Hittite was one of David's mighty men. He was loyal to David, much like Ahimelech the Hittite. In 1 Samuel 26, 6, the evidence is that Uriah is a... Uh, Resident alien of Israel, he is converted to Judaism, he is converted to belief in the God of the Bible. In fact, he has a Hebrew name, which means, get this, Yahweh is my light. 
Uriah's name means the Lord is my light. David is supposed to represent the God of Israel. He's got people fighting for him, even people from other nations who have converted to belief in the God of the Bible because of the witness of the Jewish people and the scriptures. And in the New Testament, in Matthew 1, verse 6, Bathsheba is actually in the genealogy of Jesus Christ, and the New Testament calls her the wife of Uriah. Matthew 1, 6. Not the wife of David, because if you've already read ahead or you've heard the story, they end up getting married after this whole sordid mess, but the New Testament doesn't acknowledge her in that way. Some other facts about the group. He took his faith in Yahweh seriously. Uh, furthermore, once David realized who Bathsheba was, she was the granddaughter of his favorite counselor, Ahithophel. That's found in 2334 and 1623. And Eliam was on reasonable assumption, the son of Ahithophel, one of David's mighty men. These were all people close to David. This was not some family that he didn't know. These were people that he knew if he did this would be hurt and betrayed and wounded. But at this point, it doesn't seem to matter. And David sent messengers. This is verse four. David sent messengers. He takes the next step in, his, in the anatomy of a fall and he took her. The word took her could be rendered he seized her. The Hebrew word is lakah. It can mean just to get, to receive, to acquire, or it can be translated to lay hold of or seize or take away. At this moment for David, who for so long had refused to take power, he waited patiently on the Lord. He would not kill Saul. He has fallen from his greatness. What was the nature of his taking her? And does Bathsheba have any responsibility in this at all? You can read some commentaries who say that Bathsheba is in some way culpable. What's she doing bathing out in the open? Well, we're not sure how out in the open she actually was because from David's vantage point, he may have been able to see what others could not see. And why is she taking a bath? Well, if you look at verse four, it says, David sent messengers and he took her and she came to him and she had to feel the pressure since he's the king and he lay with her and when she had purified herself from her uncleanness, she returned to her house. If you have, I think, any of the other translations, it says this. This is the ESV. It says, uh, she, came and lay she came to him. He lay with her. She had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. And then she returned to her house. So here's the deal. The language seems to indicate that she was taking a bath at the end of her cycle, obeying the book of Leviticus. She had just gone through her female cycle and this is Old Testament law, but this is what's happening now. She was taking a ritual bath to go through the cleanliness directives of the book of Leviticus, which means she had just been through her cycle and now it was over, which the backstory is this means that any child that is born or conceived at this time could only be from David and not from Uriah because Uriah's on the battlefield and she just went through her cycle. So if some conception occurs, it can't be Uriah's child. 
Hey folks, I've been telling you about different ways that you can connect with Walk in Truth. And one of the ways you can do it through modern technology is download the Radio Scribe app and search for Walk in Truth. There you'll have access to all kinds of cool resources, including one thing I'm going to highlight today, which is a devotional. It's a video devotion I've done on, will God give you any more than you can handle? Question mark. I'm sure you've had that question. It's a five minute video devotion. It'll bless you. You can refer friends to it and hopefully it'll help you with your walk. Download the Radio Scribe app, search for Walk in Truth and check out the devotion today. God bless you. She came to him. He lay with her. She had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. And then she returned to her house. So here's the deal. The language seems to indicate that she was taking a bath at the end of her cycle, obeying the book of Leviticus. She had just gone through her female cycle. And this is Old Testament law, but this is what's happening now. She was taking a ritual bath to go through the cleanliness directives of the book of Leviticus, which means she had just been through her cycle and now it was over, which the backstory is, this means that any child that is born or conceived at this time could only be from David and not from Uriah because Uriah is on the battlefield and she just went through her cycle. So if some conception occurs, it can't be Uriah's child. Everybody with me? So we have the little fact there. Not so much, it's not so much commentary on her action or that she wasn't doing what she was supposed to do. It's probably more so that she's just obeying the Levitical laws. It's been commented and as you can tell, this, is gonna, this message is gonna be done in multiple parts. <laughs> so don't get nervous. But Genesis 3, 6 is kind of echoed here. It says, the woman saw that the tree was good for food. It was a delight to the eyes. The tree was desirable to make one wise and she took from its fruit and ate and she gave also to her husband with her and he ate. Do you see the anatomy of a fall? Genesis 3 is the fall chapter. The devil whispered. It looked good. Although every fruit tree they had been given access to except the one tree, the one tree is what God said. You can't touch that one. You can have everything else, but the one, what are they doing next to the one tree that was forbidden? Well, that's how we are, right? And so he took her. He seized her. It could imply a violent taking, but it may not mean that. It just may mean that she felt pressure, and she may not have even known why he was calling her. But if you get called and beckoned by the king, what do you do? Well, you go. And she went. And so David sent his messengers and he took her and you know the rest of the story. They laid together and they had this encounter. And people think, well, you know, stuff like this we can do. We can, you can have an encounter with someone, uh, a one night stand and move on until you hear the fateful words of the end of verse five. I am pregnant. By the way, the only recorded words of Bathsheba in the whole story. I am pregnant. The commercials, the movies, the things that are trying to get you 
toward a certain way of life and lifestyle that's so exciting, they usually don't share with you that lots of times that's the next phrase in the story. I am pregnant. But in the modern world, that's not a problem either. Because then you can just get rid of that child and exacerbate and turn now what was an unfortunate situation into a double sin. Two wounded, one dead. But society will tell you, nah, that, that's not a big deal either. But do you see where it all comes back to? Once we lose the biblical moorings, the, the ways of God, God's not some killjoy in heaven. He wants you to enjoy that part of your life in the right time governed by God. He thought of it. It's his design. There's nothing wrong when it's satisfied in God's timing, governed by God in God's way. It's to be celebrated. Children are born. It's a good thing. But the devil takes what's good and twists it. And here's where we are. And so David is with her. She conceives, verse five, and the faithful words, I am pregnant. Now I'm gonna take you to the book of Romans, chapter four, and this is going to be my last scripture for this morning. Romans four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. And I want you to see something that's said about David because I know this is heavy and I know that some of you can very much relate to what's going on here. And you may be asking questions like, well, how do you recover from a fall? What do you do? Well, here's Romans 4. Three chapters, Paul pretty much spends on just saying that everybody's in the same sinking boat. We've all sinned. We all fall short of God's glory. That's 323 of Romans. Then he gets into justification as a gift in 324 by grace. Redemption, being bought back, happens through Jesus Christ. In chapter four, he names two of the heroes of the Old Testament of Israel, and he starts with Abraham, and this is Romans four, verse three. He says, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now, to the one who works, his wage is not reckoned as a favor, but as what is due. So if I had some weeds in my backyard and I hired you and I said, come work at my house and I'll pay you $15 an hour. And let's say that you work 10 hours, you work hard in my backyard, I owe you $150. When I pay you the $150, I shouldn't be saying, you know, you should be really grateful that I'm giving you this $150 right now. I'm such a benevolent gentleman. I'm such a good guy. Take the $150, but be grateful that I'm this kind of man. No, I think your response would be, we had a deal, Pastor Michael. You said you would pay me $15 an hour. I work 10 hours. You owe me $150. You ain't so benevolent. Those weeds were like alien creatures in your backyard. And I'll never be back again. It's not a favor, it's what's owed to you. But to the one, Romans 4, 5, who does not work, but what? Believes in him who justifies who? The ungodly. 
His faith, her faith, is reckoned as righteousness. What do you mean, Pastor Michael? Here's, here's what it means. When you believe in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, salvation is a gift and righteousness and the holiness of Jesus Christ is given to your account simply by you placing faith in Jesus. Now here's how David comes into this. Just as David also speaks of the blessing, verse 6, upon the man to whom God reckons righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will what? Not take into account. David wrote that in Psalm 32. And we'll look at some of these psalms that he writes in the aftermath of his fall. But he speaks about the blessing of being forgiven. There's a psalm that says, if you, O Lord, kept a record of sin, O Lord, who could stand? I know this, and this is a trustworthy statement. It deserves full acceptance. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am the foremost of all. I have sinned against God, and I'm talking about me now, more times than I would like to confess to you and admit. I've broken every one of God's top 10 commandments over and over again. And especially in my former life as a non-Christian, I sinned against God in so many different ways. And when I came to a church service like this and I heard the good news that my sin could be forgiven, that Jesus Christ was treated on the cross as though he was guilty of my sins, though he was completely innocent, that God so loved me that he gave his son, that even though I've sinned against God, God so loved me that he washes away my sins in the blood of his son. When I heard the good news of the gospel, that I can be forgiven of every sin I've ever committed in Jesus, nailed to the cross, Oh, my friend, I would just tell you, if you have not met him, run to him. Because he still saves sinners like you and me. And no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, he washes away sin. And it's a gift. You don't earn it. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve to be standing up here. I don't deserve his mercy, but he's given it to me anyway. And if you will cry out to him, you can be saved. Father, as we contemplate these truths found in the Bible, thank you so much that the Bible is real. Sometimes it's just extremely raw. It's right where we live. But we need it, Lord. And thank you that David, even though he's going to deal with so many consequences from these decisions. The Davidic covenant did not end because of this fall. David would have from his own family line, the Messiah would come, the savior of the world. And as we quickly approach Christmas on a Bethlehem night, the son of David would enter the world. After the genealogy in Matthew, this, the record of Jesus's birth is told very succinctly and Matthew says his name shall be called Emmanuel which means God with 
us. You didn't leave us alone. You entered into our pain. You knew you were going to die. You came to save us, to bear witness to the truth and die on that horrible cross. Probably naked and alone. And all because you so love your people. You so love the world. Would you keep your head and heart bowed? If you've not met Jesus, this glorious Savior, if you've not met Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. If you've not met the one who's Savior of Jew and Gentile, you need to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And you can do that right now. Keep your head and heart bowed. And don't let this moment pass you by. Cry out to him, Lord Jesus, pray this prayer if it's you, come into my life. Thank you that you came to this earth to save me. Thank you that you live the perfect life that I failed to live. Thank you that you died on that cross for me and were treated as though you had committed my sins, though you were innocent. Thank you for your blood shed for my sins. Thank you for your death and thank you for your resurrection from the dead. I trust you, pray it if it's you. I trust you as my Lord and my Savior. I'm gonna turn away from my sins right now and I'm gonna turn to you. I repent of my sin, I'm sorry. Give me a new beginning, give me a new start. Forgive me, cleanse me, restore my life. Lord, for those who are crying out to you, we know you are so gracious and faithful to hear those cries. If you're a prodigal in here and you've been toying with sin, you've been dangling on the edge, take this as a warning to take the way of escape before it's too late or it's gotten worse. Take the way of escape. And for all the believers here, Lord, the precious saints of God, Keep us strong. Let us be careful lest we fall. Let's not be overconfident in who we are or where we have come or think, oh, I could never do that. We could imagine watching a 2020 episode on Saturday night with these details and thinking, what was that person thinking? I could never do something like that until we find it was David, the man after your own heart. Oh Lord, let us be careful. Let us put on the armor of God each day. Be reliant on your spirit. Walk in the victory that you have for us and walk wisely, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for your faithfulness and your love for us. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Hey folks, I'm excited to tell you about another way that you can connect with Walk in Truth. Download the Radio Scribe app and search for Walk in Truth. There you'll find a lot of cool resources. You'll be able to listen to messages. You can access devotionals and you can partner with Walk in Truth and help us reach more people. Download the Radio Scribe app, search for Walk in Truth and find a lot of cool resources there. I know it'll be a blessing to you. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.